myself in two words. Rich and unemployed. These stones cost two birds. Let it count it when she bored. Deposit hit chicks clearing. Ayy, nothing void. I know that ain't my ex calling. Null and void. Where we going? Money going up. Money counting. Alright, man. Money going up. Welcome again to the Rich and Unemployed Podcast, man. Hey, man, we got a very special guest, man. I actually met this guy maybe two days ago, bro. And we was at a restaurant at a little networking event, bro. I sat down with this man. I couldn't even get, like, two, three words out. He'd give me so much game. I don't know why, though. Like, he was just just so freely with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. Tori Porter, who is Rich Porter, uh, CEO of Bread and Butter Academy, owner of Brightspace Group and Associates, real estate investor, developer, Linda. Linda, I love that, bro. And you haven't been doing this for too long. Two and a half years, give or take. Two and a half years. And before this, you was doing what, Airbnb? E-commerce and Airbnb. Yeah. So let's take them back. Let's let's, let's give me your story first. So you come you come from Memphis mm-hmm. and you moved to Atlanta. How long ago? Few months before the pandemic. Few months. Well, this was when they was. That was when they was talking about China and Wuhan and all that shit. Saying um, they was talking the coronavirus had just started breaking out. A lot of people weren't taking it serious. Mm -hmm. I was sitting in. um, I stand on Second Street downtown and shit. I think I had like a couple thousand in my name, man. I had just sold my website and some bad investments, and I was just like, shit, I got to move somewhere. And everybody was like, Atlanta was. Black Hollywood. Everybody want to move here. Yeah, Black Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Man. So what you do when you got here? Shit, I moved here. I was staying downtown at the altitude. Shit, and like I said, I had some bad business investments, and um, I had some bad business investments. So my main thing was just getting back balance. Shit, getting mm-hmm. in the spot, getting some furniture, yeah. getting my life back balance. I got my life back balance, and then I jumped back into e-commerce for a little bit. E-commerce, what you were selling? Uh, sneakers. Sneakers and apparel. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like I would go on Ali, uh, AliExpress, Alibaba. Fine, I wouldn't get no knockoffs in there. But okay. I find like graphic tees, I find them for like five dollars, six bucks, throw them back on them for like thirty bucks, forty bucks, run little ads, but I didn't even have to do that. I just find influencers just reshare my shit. I get Twitter influencers just reshare and people will buy, 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 buy. My biggest downfall really was just the time, because you know shit coming from China, so it might take two, three weeks. But yeah. Influencer marketing was my best friend. What you had to pay these influencers? Twenty bucks a tweet, thirty bucks a tweet, if that. That's it. The big, big, big dogs might want 100 bucks, $120. You know you're going to get that back. Yeah, yeah. Who gave you this game? Cristiano, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all you preach, actually, bro. E-commerce. Yeah. I'll tell you the shit all day. I wasn't even thinking about taking e-commerce serious, but before then, I didn't know where the fuck I was on. Like, just bullshit. Yeah. Recklessness. And then uh, she was like, man, look, she ended up flying me out to uh, Orlando. I came out to Orlando, kicked it with her. She was just showing me little pieces of game. No different than how me and you been swapping game. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I could try it this way. Damn, I could try it this way. And she started putting me on shit like Upwork, like finding outsourcing my staff. And yeah. started learning these systems and structures and... I'm telling you, like, I spend 200, 300 bucks, but I make like 2,000, 3,000 in sales off them yeah. off those basic sales structures. Oh, shit. Damn. I did not even think of it like that. That was up. So, from e commerce, that's when you started like Airbnb shit? Airbnb, man. I got an Airbnb with um, Alexia Wright. And I'm going to say this, even though she might hate me right now and want to punch me in the face, she the go, bro. She cold. Yeah. She cold. Like, she cold. I, um, it was this other guy I was selling sneakers with. And then we tried this credit problem. That's a whole nother conversation for another day. But um, this other guy I was selling sneakers with, and um, we had a good little amount of money. We wanted to jump in the Airbnb. At the time, I'm thinking, you need $25,000, $20,000 to yeah. jump in the Airbnb. You got to know all these people. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard. It's going to be strenuous. 
And um, I reached out to Alexia, and like I said, I was just, I ain't know where I was at. I was a little lost in life. I came here to the A, shit, I'm like, shit, she, we the same age. I think I was like 22 at the time. Yeah. She hopping out of Maserati. I'm seeing all these foreign cars, niggas with jewelry. This is before the pandemic, man. This is before everybody looked like they was having something. Mm-hmm. You could differentiate the everyday guy versus yeah. the guy who was doing something, no matter how he was doing it. So, mm-hmm. anyway, she bought me out here, man, and started touring me she was showing me this one condo and then, you know like i'm in my head I'm like, i ain't no way this shit real she showed me another spot another spot another spot another spot i'm like damn i want to do airbnb when i jumped in the airbnb i scaled up to 17 units give or take but i did bite off more than i could chew i scaled up to 17 units and yeah. i think atlanta went on froze on freeze for about three months two months yeah and it, shit. Was, it was longer than that it was five months but he kicked my ass though yeah because i couldn't afford all that rent at once I didn't take a loss during the pandemic when it came to Airbnb. Like I might have broke even, or I might have made just a little, but I never, I never had to come out the pocket. Never did. But see, I was still. But see, I would be lying if I said and said at the time I was Airbnb pro. The things that I learned, that I can say I truly learned from Airbnb to now is just operations management, yeah. creating this different systems and structures, like just learning how to optimize mm. any type of system that I'm doing within the business, whether it is e-commerce, whether it is flipping a house, it's like, okay, me, for example, I would always do my own check-ins, but I'm like, damn, I get a random check-in, I ain't got time to go to the other end of town. Yeah. So I would do concierge, but then I started learning, like, fuck, every time I get a concierge, they ain't never on time, they calling out, what do I do uh, when the unit need to be clean, and mm. I got a back-to-back booking, should I do back-to-back bookings? Yeah. Should I do same-day bookings, or should I, you know, I, those are the things I kind of learned, and it allowed me to gauge my investing risks and my and my business risks of understanding, like, what should I, what should I do, what should I not do, how should I do it, how should I not do it, so... Mm. I ain't too much upset. I scaled fast. I did buy off more than I could chew, and then I was stuck with a bunch of fucking furniture too. Some of my units got evicted, you know. And I I came here thinking it was gonna be easy and smooth, and it wasn't. Mm. So with all these units in your name? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. 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 I went on the saw. Like yeah. I said, you gotta remember, I came straight from, and it's crazy. Like coming from my hometown, like Atlanta was like New York to me. Mm. Like I'm serious, but like, yeah. I was fascinated. Like I'm looking at. I ain't never seen a BBL in my life. Like, to me, bro, like, I'm serious, bro. Like, excuse my language. I don't know how I can talk, but, like, a bad bitch to me was, like, literally some little yeah. skinny chick with good hair and a nice smile. I came to Atlanta. I'm like, damn, I'm seeing BBLs. Bitches hop out of G-Wagons. Like, niggas hopping out of Lambos. Like, all this shit was fascinating to me. Now it's, like, everyday nature because I'm within the same realm of people like y'all. Uh-huh. It's like... I'm in the same group, but coming here, I ain't had shit like that. Like, yeah. I had infinity to me in my own time. You got a brand new infinity. Like, you the man. You the man. So yeah. it's like coming here, I was, I bit off more than I could chew, and I moved a little too fast. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have yeah. a, the social circles that mm-hmm. I should have had when I first came here. So, like, would you ever fix your credit from there? Like, oh, yeah, I was straight. I had the, I had already had the credit repair sauce. Like I said, I tried this little credit repair venture with this one dude, and before he went to the feds, man, he ended up fucking me real bad. Like, yeah. The shit that I went through in my time frame of 19 years old to 21 was crazy, because, see, like, 16 to 19, I sat in a lockup. So, like, all my charges was bundled over when I turned 16 as an adult. Mm-hmm. So... I had did my time. By the time I got 19, they ended up telling me that I didn't have to worry about my charges. A lot of stuff was dismissed. A lot of stuff was put on diversion after all that paperwork and stuff was out the way. Shit, I ended up saying, like, I got to figure something out. But like, you did, like, two years in county? Yep, county. Just sitting? Or that was, like, time? I was just sitting. That was just sitting until I got in front of somebody. I was like, this little dude ain't did nothing wrong. 
Two years, nigga. Like, how was your mental just sitting there, like not even knowing, like what the future? Man, goes? shit, Rutherford County, one of the fuck. That's one of the worst areas to be in. It really is. Bro. What's it called Rutherford County? Never heard of that. It's in Murfreesboro. Yeah. Rutherford County, real fucked up. So you just sitting in there, just like, sitting, just sitting, just sitting, nobody, waiting. Nobody in the. Camp. And then the bad thing is, it's like as a youth, it's cool, it's okay. I mean, I ain't gonna act like I was on no thugging shit up in there, on no gangster shit. A lot of people respected me because I was smart. Some niggas couldn't read. I could draw. Yeah. I've been there drawing for niggas' daughters and shit. Uh, like I said, a lot of guys couldn't read. I always be reading their papers. You know, they wouldn't even understand basic shit like determined and undetermined sentences. Yeah. You know, like. Addendums, you know, basic words. I would tell them like shit, like you know, this mean this, this mean that, and no different. I mean, you networked at the thing, shit. I remember my first time myself. I was just talking shit like I'm talking to that dude. Said, damn, you smart, bro. Shit, he gave me his paper. I was reading his paper. I said, man, you good, bro. Shit, this mean this, this mean that. Yeah. He like, bro, little bro, don't be lying to me, little bro. <laughs> so don't get me worked up. And he went to court, came back, niggas was crying. But I, thought, I ain't gonna lie, that was on spring on me. I ain't gonna lie. Mind you, I'm a little nigga. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. this big at the time. I'm a little bit bigger than what I am, but I'm. I'm this big. I said, man, this name for the be my ass when you come back in this. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. I done told this man some shit and he done took it serious. He came in there crying, bro, but it was tears of joy. He was like, man, I ain't, I ain't never had nobody really just sit here and tell me, like, actually how to take out the time, bro. My public defender, I ain't fucking with me, my baby mama. Long story short, blah, blah, blah. He, like, just telling me about his life and whatnot. Mm. She's a nigga told everybody on the pod, don't fuck with dude. So, shit, everybody just started coming to me, yeah. talking to me, talking to me. So, that's when I realized, like, I can do something a whole lot better than the bullshit I was on. Yeah. So, like I said, 19 to 21 was a journey, man. Like, getting out, I ain't really had, like, no good social skills. Like, my social skills wasn't the best. Mm -hmm. Been around niggas my whole life, from group homes to foster care to lock up. So, me being able to sit and adequately communicate with someone, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't there. Yeah. Confidence factor wasn't there. Then coming there, like I said, making that big jump from Memphis... Where like everybody got the same mindset to Atlanta, where it looked like everybody winning no matter what they do. Lashes, hair, tattoos, yeah. music, everybody winning. It just made me feel like, damn, like it's less than, like I'm less than. So, mm. but then at one point in time, I had the turning point, and like I said, that was when I started bumping into people. Like I said, Alexia, Christiana, mm -hmm. and um, you didn't have any fear like reaching out to these type of people, like. Well, you just I, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I reached out to a bunch of people. They just clowned me. They just told me, like, bro, like, you wasting your time. Yeah. A lot of people told me I was wasting my time. Damn. A lot of people told me I was wasting my time. I tried. I got my GED. They, they, they got my GED and my associates. They said it was a waste of time. That, that was more of a waste of time than the risk that I took actually throwing myself out the porch and saying, like, yeah. bro, like, I'm trying to eat. But it was always, and I do have to say this, like, it was the women that actually locked me in more than the guys did. And that's what I was telling you before we started family, like potential, bro. And, I, and I, I see that now. Like, I feel like even though I didn't have none, people was like, damn, if I do put this nigga in position, he gonna exceed me. It was always the women that if I told them my idea, they believed in that shit. These ain't women I dated, slept with, liked, flirted with, and nothing. Like when I hit up Alexia, I was like, I wanna do Airbnb. And she was like, like at first she was like, all right, you just talk. But when I started coming more and more and more, she was like, shit, like I'll show you, pay for it. I said, bro, I'm gonna come down there. And I came to Atlanta. I was not staying here and I came to her. And so I want to physically let you know I want to jump in this shit. And that's what I did. And the same thing with Christiana. But shit, she ended up flying my ass out to Orlando. Damn. After you paid her? Like, this was just free? Like she No, just... this was just over time of her yeah. watching me. Like, at the time, I was still trying to understand how to do Airbnb. I was still trying to do e-commerce. I was making something. Yeah. But in Memphis, like I said, like, I was able to get the nice little car, the nice little spot. But mm. coming here, I'm like, damn, I'm not doing nothing. Mm. Which, of course, you know you can't compare what you eat to what somebody else eat, but at the same time, I'm still a human. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, I'm saying niggas 19, 20 years old, 
Shit, VVS's, shit, blowing money, like, in the strip club, I, shit, I can't even get in that bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I'm in there, my friend ain't gonna look my way, they ain't gonna pay me no attention. Yeah. So it's like, they motivated me to go harder, but I will say them women put me on, like, and a couple others, but like, that was my starting point when I first got here. When I first got here, um, the pandemic slowed me down. I jumped back in e-commerce, that was the easiest thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody was at home, the world was locked down, people was getting all this free money, they had no trust but the shop. It was mm-hmm. two and a half years ago. Yeah. It was like, a few months into the pandemic, mm-hmm. if not three years ago, if I only if I ain't get my time, two years, wrong, two years, about yeah. two years, mm-hmm. and then um, I was standing at the altitude, and it's like, man, my my life it seemed like a lot, but it was literally in just them two years that I would jump from one spot to the other, and then man, I was doing e-commerce again, ended up selling my website on this place called Flipper. So it's a place where you can sell your website, like you can build your valuation on there, that give you a ballpark amount of what your business is worth. Tell me my business like worth $1.2 million based off the pandemic sales. Like I said, the first six months, I was booming. Like, sale after sale after sale after sale. Mm-hmm. I'm going back and forth from Orlando. Christiana telling me, try this. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm like, damn. Like, she giving me all these games. So I was able to build and boom my business. Ended up listening on Flipper. Sold my business a little under 900 and some change. I had like eight to my name. 900K? Yeah. I sold my website for like 900 some thousand. Flipper.com. That's that's a lick. So (laughs) you sold sold this company based off your your income. So you basically sold it to somebody. They're thinking that they're about to make the same amount of money. It is like that. So it's like no different than like let's say you got your podcast uh, business right now. And and, and you get a certain amount of subscribers. You get a certain amount of numbers. And it's not solely based on you. Mm. It's not a directly personal brand. It's more of a united brand. And it's... In, co- in, in accordance with other other, yeah. other perspectives and yeah. you have these certain things that's bringing you X amount of dollars a month so let's say it's bringing you $300, $400 a month I ain't accounting so I don't want to misquote that but um, based off those numbers and those projections and what the business model is Flipper may say your business is worth $200,000 mm-hmm. because it's bringing you X amount of dollars a day mm-hmm. so what Flipper's going to do you could pay for them to promote your brand and then they'll sell your brand for you so it'll be somebody to come in and buy like a chef corporation so you can buy this business and this business is already making money. Or you can borrow the money from Flipper because they give out loans too, SBA loans where you can buy something. Like let's say you get a, I buy your business and it's worth 100000 Yeah. I take out a loan for 100000 but your business is making 30000 every month. But my monthly SBA payments are $5,000. So I'm getting $15,000 profit off this business model that's already structured. Mm-hmm. So it was stuff like that that she was taking. She put me on a Flipper play. So my business on Flipper, man, and then... I tried to do this app. You couldn't tell me nothing. I thought I was Steve Jobs. <laughs> I'm serious. I yeah. thought I was Steve Jobs. And this was in a month. I blew almost half of my money. Just bad developers, bad deals, bad partners, yeah, bad circles, like, and trying to keep up. So, like, is this the same thing, like, when I see people, like, what, hey, I, I sell you a store? Is that the same thing? Like, So, no. A lot of these people, and I, it's like I said, I don't want to throw no shade at them, but, like, a lot of these people should say these Amazon stores and these Walmart stores and... That's like a done for you. So a DFU or a DW, done yeah. for you, done with you service model. Where yeah. I send you a store, I say it's gonna make X amount of dollars, and I'll do drop shipping or you're doing FBA fulfillment. It's a lot of people out there that sell these stores, but that's not necessarily buying the company. You're probably buying for the setup. The reason I like Flipper, that's what I was telling Fitz about. Like he was like, damn, that's a play. It's mm-hmm. like you can buy Flipper and go borrow against the business because it's already cash flow positive. <clears throat> you can go to Flipper and run you a bag off Flipper because you can just buy the business or wholesale the business. You can middleman the business and sell it to somebody else. So Flipper's a really, really good place. So it's not it's not the same. It's something that's already making money. Now, sometimes they do have 
features where you can verify the income too. So for example, if I want to go get a business credit card, well, let's say I got a good 700 score, or I got a resource that got a good 700 score. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's like, I can take this same person because like, you got to PG the business to get the funding. I can go on Flipper and do all my due diligence on the business before paying a single penny. I'm gonna pay whatever the due diligence fee is, but let's say this business bringing X amount of dollars a month. The Dun & Bradstreet number is high. The Paydex score is high. Well, the store might be $100,000, $120,000, but I can go take out an SBA loan or a loan against the business, go finance the business itself, and then go borrow three, four dollars $400,000 worth of money against the business. And I can either scale the business or put that money in something else. Mm. And then depending on how good you are with your taxes, with your accounting, a lot of stuff you can use for depreciation, a lot of stuff you can use for write-offs, a lot of stuff you can do to move that debt around to where it don't position you to where it negatively affects you in the back, in, in the back end. But that's some game, bro. So, Flipper was a play. <laughs> that's some game. But that was a play, like, when, when she was telling me, like, you could just sell it on Flipper. And yeah. I was like, damn, like, you know. And then you go on my Instagram highlights, like, it's there. I sold my business. I got it back at 1.2. I sold it a little under that. And, you know, I took home eight after taxes. It was, like, seven and some change. And, like I said, I want to jump into, because I was still like sneakers. Sneakers was just the thing I knew. I didn't really just have a passion for it. It was just, I knew shoes. Yeah. So, um, I want to do this little shoe verification app, man, and. I thought I was gonna be the next StockX or something. And like I said, I put my money into bad deals. I had two bad partners. I just had bad friends. My blew through that money like it was. And I was just trying to keep up too. Like I said, I was still in that mindset. And this was like, mind you, just less than where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. I was looking at it like, damn, this this nigga got this. This nigga got that. Damn, I, I ain't got that. I ain't got this. I mean, that's normal for a nigga that ain't really had shit. Yeah, I ain't you know what I'm saying? You finally got six figures in your hand. So like. It's normal though, you know what I'm saying? Through, but through it. it take you to lose that shit to though. To get it back. Yeah, and then it's like now you understand the value of this shit. The next time you get this motherfucker, right, I know exactly what to do with it. So like, all right, now that you lost the money, like, all right, you went all the way broke. Damn man, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was this guy, Matt Cronin, like, and I, I, he don't even know to this day, like, Matt and my homeboy Kenny. See, my homeboy Kenny, Kenny Sanders is my guy. Kenny, um, I respected Kenny because like me growing up, bro, I'm not gonna lie, I was that one nigga in the projects talking about goddamn. Dragon Ball Z, probably had to skateboard. Like, yeah. I was just a, like, I ain't never have to be, like, I ain't never been on no, I'm gonna be a thug, I wanna be on some gangster shit. Like, niggas, like, always respected me because I was smart. Yeah. And I liked it. Like, I never had to fit in. It wasn't until I got here, me trying to be with the wrong social crowds, yeah. is what affected me when I should have just been that same little smart nigga that I always was. Yeah. But it's like, Kenny was the one that would tell me, I ain't gonna, he'd be like, TJ was my nickname. Like, TJ, I ain't gonna lie, you, you a smart nigga. Like, and everybody in the hood always knew that. Like, damn, you know, they'd always call me, ask me for advice on this, ask me how to do this, ask me how to do that. I had the credit sauce, I was putting niggas on credit. I, niggas was barely knowing what a damn CPN was. Like, I'm telling them all the basics on, like, how to leverage this, how to do this, how to do that, and how to fix their credit and whatnot. And Kenny tell me, man, you need to do real estate. You need to look in the Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone is how you talk about. Grant yeah. Cardone, Grant Cardone, Grant Cardone. I'm like, man, this old white man ain't talking about nothing. And then, Shit, Matt ended up hitting me up. And it's crazy because I want to say Matt in like his mid-30s, white guy, hit me up and was like, um, man, like you really smart. Like you working on the app and we did a book swap. And it's crazy, like it, what you know sometimes won't determine like how much money you get. It was me shaking that hand at one time with him. Mm -hmm. We did a book swap. I had a, a a book about Bitcoin. This one, Bitcoin was like hype. Everybody was talking about Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, fuck, let me get, get this Bitcoin book. Kenny put me on this Bitcoin book. It's called the Bitcoin Standard. I ordered that book. They sent me two of them. And he was like, man, TJ, you just need to understand how money works. He's like, man, you keep, don't look at money like money. You need to see how money works. Like, look at it like a tool. He's like, man, it's fiat. It's this, it's that. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you talking about. But he'll call me. But one thing I have learned is like, 
I would just listen. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm a talker now. I probably talk your damn ears off. Mm-hmm. I would listen. Yeah. I would see, like, listen to key words. And I would act like I would, I would just repeat the last little piece back. Like, yeah, okay, okay. You said it's fiat currency. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. Oh, non-fungibility. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know what that is. I don't know what the fuck that is. But the more I acted like I was intrigued, the more I acted like I knew, the more value he was giving me. You know, mm-hmm. people like talking to like-minded people. You don't yeah. want to just talk to somebody. And they're like, oh, well, then what this mean? Well, then what this mean? It's interesting in the beginning, but if they ain't catching on, now I'm tired of talking to this. It gets exhausting then because at that point it's draining. But nice. with him, I'm listening, I'm observing, I'm taking it in. And um, shit, Matt ended up reaching out to me. We did the big, I did the book swap with Matt. He sent me this marketing book. I read through it. It was about funnels or something like that. And shit, he, we just started connecting and he mm-hmm. gave me his number. And he was like, yo, I'm going to give you another book to read. Simple little book. I don't even sell the book no more. I read the book. And um, I'm like, damn, okay. I feel like I can do this. He said, man, you're good with your mouthpiece. You're a great talker. Like, he was like, for you to be who you are, I'm proud of you. I'm like, damn, this dude don't even know me. Mm-hmm. You don't know me from a grain of salt. What you proud of? So he just started educating me more and more and more. And then he started putting me on the phone. Like, I just got to hear these deals that he was doing. Telling me how he was selling these Walgreens for two, three million dollars. How he was selling these Walmart facilities for five, six million dollars. And then I knew right then. And I'm like, damn, okay. Like, this shit like sneakers. Like. Mm-mm. I could take some shoes and convince a nigga, man, these are shoes you need to buy. You don't need these. You need these off-whites. You don't need the Air Force Ones. It's like the same sales method. And then my my knowledge with e-commerce and technology allowed me to be even better at it. Yeah. So I would get on the phone as I'm running these things with these wholesalers and these brokers. By this time, I'm just trying to learn how to become a wholesaler. And I'm, I'm getting on the phone with these brokers. I'm like, well, why won't you do it like this? Why won't you do it like that? I, like, I never thought about that. Like, for example, property management. The guy was like, oh, man, I'm running my property management at 30%. You should always do 30%. I'm like, well, why are you physically going to go collect rents? Why won't you make you a website? Why won't you make it to where they can put support tickets on the website? Why won't you try this? He's like, I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. So the more I'm talking, mm-hmm. I'm realizing, like, damn, they listening to me. They yeah. listening to me. So, man, within that time, man, like I said, I'm still at the altitude. I'm still downtown. This is a couple months. I want to say six or seven months because I don't want to get my time because there's just so much that happened. Mm-hmm. Six or seven months into the pandemic, man, and um, Matt's educating me as I'm going. I'm still doing e-commerce on the side. And I wanted to just diversify my funds. Was this guy, Steve, he ended up hitting me in my DM. I was like, yo, bro, I want you to buy my course or something. It was a credit course. I think I spent like 15 grand. And yeah, bro. You already know credit, though. I, I thought he was going to teach me something new. I was thinking he was like, oh, then there's a new, we're about to go into a new FICO system. And we're about to, there's about to be a new scaling system. I'm going to show you how to do funding. I'm going to show you how to do this. You ain't like nothing. I ain't learn shit. 15K. But I met my homeboy, Aaron. And I would never met Aaron. So, end up meeting Aaron. And um, at that time, he was still trying to sell me on this ticket automation program. And that's when all this automation shit started getting popular. Amazon automation, Facebook automation. Everybody was talking about automate this, automate that. And uh, me and Aaron worked on the phone. My credit score was good. Aaron got me funded like a little little under 100 some thousand dollars in credit cards. Mm-hmm. So, then I took my knowledge with credit. I took my knowledge with e-commerce. I took my knowledge with the basics of real estate and airbnb and i'm like damn what if i structure shit this way i know about wholesaling so instead of wholesaling what if i try this what if i try this so i just went through trial and error trial and error mm-hmm. and i just kicked me off an advising firm i had already had a good following from my hometown so i started practicing with them that was my guinea pigs mm-hmm. so once i started getting success studies out of them good case studies out of them i was able to structure my airbnb systems better i stopped doing airbnb i started showing, showing other people how to do airbnb I started jumping into like single family residence, uh, real estate, flipping houses. I tried my first house with my credit card. It was a success. Tried my second house. It was a success. success. Started refinancing. I'm like, damn, okay, this shit is easy. Mm. And then I ain't gonna lie, everything was just snowballed from there. Yeah. And then like the beginning of the first year of the pandemic, 
2020, because then that's when Aaron started. I got my house a couple months after his house. I started pushing that shit hard, pushing it hard. I was running advice. I was charging 8500 a quarter. And man, that's too high. That's extreme. I'm like 8500 every three months. That's a deal. Matt telling me how he was charging $12,000, $13,000 a quarter. She was even telling me to pay him $12,000, $13,000 a quarter. So I started getting up with my advisor firm. I was getting like 30 clients, 35 clients, 40 clients, 50 clients. Like the money was coming in. And how, no different than how I'm talking to you. I would say this term, this means this. You should try this. You should try that. Just give it my creative perspective. Because see, e-commerce. Just advising people. Just advising, bro. On real estate. On real estate. Mind you, I went even deep in the game. I had successfully done one house. Barely successfully finished the second house. Like, I think I got lucky with that one. Because my contractor fucked me the first time. The other contractor fucked me. I was in a hole. Then, for some weird reason, they rezoned the district. So, I was now in a historic district. And the property value shot up. But anywho, man. Yeah, like, shit, man. I'm advising people. Just how, much, how much people paying you for this? $8,500 a quarter. I was getting $8,500 a quarter. But within that quarter, is like I'm giving you, and I started getting, like I said, I learned strategy. I'm giving you so much information, you ain't got to talk to me every day. On our weekly meetings, on our weekly group meetings, and our individual meetings, you have so much value to where by the time we got on the phone, you still trying to figure out the response or the answer to the last question I asked you. Yeah. Or the last, I'm in the sense of teaching them more than trying to sell them on anything or convince them to just jump into the field. And like I said, as I started seeing them become more successful, successful with the information I was giving them, I'm like, shit, I need to go hard myself. Right. And then that's when I just started myself and I started promoting it. And then I stacked me up a little bit more bread and started stacking me up a little bit more bread. I sat down for a minute. I got my first house. I had my first house at 23. I was in McDonough at the time before I got rid of it. And shit, that was like my breaking point. Everybody had posted my house. Yeah. She fortune published me sharing my shit. Um, this one, I just, I just met him through Christiana. I met a couple of people, like, I started networking with the right people, and I was just reaching, reaching, reaching. Everybody jumping in, like, bro, I want a course. Bro, I want a mentorship. Mind you, I still have not dropped a course or a mentorship. People like, bro, I want to jump into real estate. Mind you, all this free money is still funneling through the systems. Yeah. So people like, man, I want to get in that. I want to get in real estate. I'm like, damn, you can't use that money for real estate. You can't use it for this. And they were like, shit, if they want to do it, they want to do it. So I started walking them through on how to do their deals, and I would charge a back-end fee. So I would still take my quarterly, but I dropped my quarterly from 8500 to 2500 a quarter. But I would get 10% of the refi or the sale price on the back end for walking them through the deal. I did like five or six deals, and it was just word of mouth. And so I was back to where I started. Like, I just sold my stores. So That's crazy, bro. You ain't even, you weren't even a professional in the game, and now you're teaching niggas how to. <laughs> but it wasn't like a fake it till you make it situation. I was only but you knew giving, what you were talking about. I was yeah. only giving what I could. Yeah. I didn't want to go out there and say I can make you a millionaire. Like yeah. even if you go on my face, my Facebook is like a timeline of my whole life. Yeah. You go and look at my Facebook on Twitter, it's my whole life. Like when I started with credit, when I started with e-commerce, when I started with Airbnb, I wasn't trying to sell no nigga on like, hey bro, I can make you a millionaire. No, I can show you how to make a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. And then it went from that to I can show you how to make ten thousand dollars. Well then I can show you how to make a hundred thousand dollars. So it's like when I found my taxes, like I did my taxes for the first time, I had made 120K. You can tell me nothing. Yeah. I thought I was on top of the world. It felt good to actually do something right. Mm-hmm. And then she, when I found my first tax return for like 1.2, I knew I was doing something right. Mm-hmm. And then that was 2020. So 2020, I found my first tax return for $1.2 million and it felt good. Uncle Sam though came in and I, I wouldn't, but once again, learning experiences. After I found my first tax return, Uncle Sam came in and said, I need two hundred and some thousand dollars. Oh, well then you got a penalty for this. I need another twenty thousand dollars. I need another five. So I still have my stepping stones with that. I still fumble. Yeah. And then even then I was still trying to get myself acclimated with the right people in the right group. Mm. And then 
shit, I just want to look crazy, like, with the women and, and, and the social groups, because it's like, shit, I want to be in the club every night. Yeah. I want to have bad bitch with me every day, you yeah. know? So they started eating me up. And it was like the second year of the pandemic, bro. My um, my crib got broken too. There's a lot of people don't even know this. Mm. My crib got broken too. And then just me being just me being in that materialistic state of mind, mm-hmm. coming from Memphis to Atlanta, like Atlanta's like a New York to a lot of niggas from Memphis. Like I came here, like damn, these this a big ass city. Mm. Right? I'm like this is small as hell now. Mm-hmm. I had all my cash, I got hit for like 480 grand, mm. all over, and it's. It's something I cannot fake. That's that's why I really can't stay in the house, bro. Like yeah. I just need that extra protection, bro. Like you got you got to come up 30, 30 flights. You know what I'm saying to try to break up breaking my career. Right. I just can't. I, I need that, that extra security, though, bro. And it fucked me up, man. I was in Tulum. This 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 is last year, mind you. This yeah. is last year. So yeah, four hundred thousand cash in my house, bro. Like a dumbass. Like a dumbass. <laughs> just sitting. I mean, I had my safe, but it was just like yeah. I just got comfortable. I'm like, shit, I'm all the way out here, bro. Shack subdivision, literally. My house, my subdivision here, Shack's literally in walking distance. Stockbridge, we got like walking distance within my area, like yeah. close. Mm. You know, so I'm looking at it like, damn, ain't nobody gonna come out here. Like I lived in a neighborhood about to leave my blinds open, bro, and two, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I can do whatever the fuck I want. My windows open. People didn't lock the. My neighbor across the street. Hey, we we grilling today. Come on over. Ten o'clock at night. The doors unlocked. You know, so it was it was a little embarrassing, but like I said, it was a learning lesson because I had all kind of people in my crib. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I had all things. I'm just trying to be seen. You know, it's like I ain't scared to say like I fucked up. Yeah. I could have did better. Mm-hmm. Shit, I ain't shit but 25. I just turned 25, so it's like me, 16 or 19, not really having no guidance. 19 coming straight out of lockup and yeah. facilities, then trying to do college. That shit didn't work. Trying to do this, that didn't work. Then I almost get in trouble the whole time I was in college. And then coming to a whole new city under pressure of thinking, I got to hide this, I got to hide that. Because this city will have you. It either make you or break you. So, shit, my shit got broken, too. I lost 480000 My business partner at the time, like, that's a whole other story for another day, too. But it just, nothing was just balanced out. I took a lot of hits. Like, and mm-hmm. at the time, I felt like I was on top of the world. I just got my track out. I was the first one at my city with track out. Shit, I had my Maybach. I had my house, like. I felt like I was on top of the world. Yeah. And I got, I got, I, I was moving way too fast. And uh, career got broken too. That's when I sat right there and I was like, okay, I need to get it together. Cause it's like the security and the, st- the stability was there, but the maturity wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So shit, I ended up selling my house, relocated, got stable. And then literally right before the beginning of 2021, I just locked in, bro. And I went hard. I started focusing on my courses, I started focusing on my program. I went out, I ain't, I wasn't doing no more drinking, no more smoking. I just like, I ain't doing nothing. And then I locked in and then, and what, I mean, shit in less than a year, I want to say about four or five months, bro. I was able to scale myself to, at the time I had like six or seven houses. I scaled myself to 32 houses, two complexes. My net worth collectively, like 8.2, 8.3. When I say network, I don't mean it's liquid, but mm-hmm. you know, like collectively amongst all my properties. And then I started getting other people to trust me. I started shaking the right, right hands. Like, you know, and it's ain't, offensive on any like other nationality to creed but you know like to have a white person trust me have a jewish person trust me to yeah. have arab middle eastern trust me with writing me a check like i got lenders and i'll say here got my deal and then they write the check without a shadow of a doubt and give it to me and that was just a year ago mm. so boom now i'm here and shit i just been pushing real estate and just securing assets bro and like my biggest thing is like i want to show niggas like you can just be yourself bro like ain't nothing wrong with saying like this is who i am like yeah, yeah you can get tatted up yeah you can like niggas, like I be saying niggas like I'm for this drinking lean, like smoking, like but they do it for the hype. But it's like I see a lot of these guys 
And on the surface level, man, that nigga, that's, that's, that's that nigga. But like on the back end, I'm like, this ain't even you, bro. Mm. I got a, I, my, one of my homeboys right there, this nigga with Pokemon you to death. I'm serious, bro. Pokemon you to death. Like, this nigga know every Pokemon card, every Pokemon. He's a big nerd, bro. But it's like on the surface level, he just got to be this gangster. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, he, he a soldier for real, but it's like, I want to show niggas like you don't have to go to the league. You don't got to be no rapper. You don't got to be no entertainer to actually be successful and make no money. You ain't got to go to school. Yeah. Thanks, though. And then that's why I fuck with your podcast, too, because it's like, nigga can really make a million dollars off Shit, couple of M's. I already told myself, bro. This, I'm gonna make an M off this podcast this year, bro. But it, it's gonna take me to lock in, bro. It, that's I already see the vision. I got everything in place, bro. I just gotta lock the fuck in, bro. And it's like I be all over the place sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to do too many things at one time. But sometimes it's the best thing to do because it understand. It allow you to understand. Like I said, them systems and it leverage how to balance things. Yeah. You know, like. Would you rather be focused on one thing or would you rather be focused on the million and one things? It's best to have multiple ideas instead of just one idea. That's how I feel. Mm. So shit, my foster parent and my guard, shit, really, my guard used to tell me this all the time. Shit, he's like, you got you got options and you got choices. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, if you want to be super, super technical, you can say like, oh, yeah, they are the same thing. But I feel like when you got options, so when you got a choice to do something, I feel like it's either A or B. Mm-hmm. When you got options, you got multiple outcomes. So it's like, when you got all these ideas running through your head and you got multiple options to choose this, choose that, choose this, choose that, that's a blessing. It is a blessing. Because I'm, I'm telling you, I just said with some niggas and they, one thing, once again, music, man, this, this got to blow. They can't think outside the box. Yeah. Basketball, they can't think outside the box. And then when they don't happen, then we in that same repetitive cycle. But you, you like, man, I want to do the podcast. Damn, I want to do the clothing line. Damn, I want to do this. Damn, I want to do the music. Shit, why not do all of it? Mm. Shit, well, Master P played the lead. Facts though. Rap, <laughs> acted, yeah. directed, clothing, food. Shit, Boosie too. That nigga doing everything. Yeah. T.I. like niggas on some man. This nigga doing comedy. Shit. If I crack some jokes and the nigga pay me $100 for what I'm going to do it. Literally, bro, like I'm using this podcast, bro, to really like use this to, to open other doors up. Because this ain't the only thing. I never even really thought I was going to podcast. I just figured like I started talking on Instagram on my phone. And people would just fuck with it. You know what I'm saying? I was just giving out this game. You know what I'm saying? Just real life gems. And I was like, I'm going to make a podcast about this shit. And it's like, I got bigger goals than this. This is just going to open the door for other shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be a fucking motivational speaker. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be already is, bro. Facts. Let me not even say I want to be, but like, but on a bigger stage, you know what I'm saying? Like a Grant Cardone type of nigga. I'm getting on this stage with 20,000 people sitting in front of me, man. I'm, and I'm really talking. These people really in tune. But it's kind of like that already. You know what I'm saying? I was just say, it, what's, it, the difference? what's the difference between 2 million people and 2,000 people listening to you? What's the difference? Ain't no difference. That's like, ain't no difference. That's like me being in the room with 10. I'm the 10. It's 10 people in the room. And I'm, the, I'm not one person. So that leaves nine other people. Yeah. If only five people listen to me. That's the majority of the room, but mm-hmm. I still got four people that walked out. But if I'm in a room and I'm the tenth person and nine people listening to me, that's a whole lot better efficient than a hundred million people. And of them hundred million people that know I exist, yeah. only four of them listen to me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and it go back to the, like this follower perspective. Like you got all these people that got all these followers and this yeah. this mass audience. But of that mass audience, who actually taking in what they say? Right. Until I got like when I post your shit, I got niggas. It's like, damn, this nigga really spent some game. Every time, I ain't gonna lie, every female coming to my DM, like, who is this? Who is, you saw what I was wearing, yeah. like, she's like, she, when I need to come out there, like, that's, that's good, but like, that's a gift, like, yeah. that's a skill set, for real, like, some people have to learn skill sets, and some people are born with them, but when you're born with a skill set, that's a gift. Facts, That's up. a real gift, you able to get on the phone and 
You just shut up. Mm-hmm. Damn, this nigga really just said something. That shit hard. That shit really crazy. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. Like, coming from where I come from, bro. Like, I always been a nigga in like position, not like a nigga that just had power, but like in the neighborhood, like niggas would come to me for advice. I was just like the big bro in the neighborhood, and it's like now it's like now I got a bunch of people just like little bros now or little sister. I'm just really just talking to. Like literally, like this nigga right here, he came like man. I've been listening to this shit for years, man. You've been saying the same shit. I, I say, this is real life shit. I've been saying the same shit for years. It's just like, now I just, I got a platform to speak about this shit, man. And your platform supporting you. Facts though, bro. So if your platform supporting you, fuck being a Grant Cardone with a hundred million people, that's gonna come. Me, I want, that's between Cardone and Ross, them motherfuckers, I look at every day like, damn. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. But this mm. shit just come with time. Mm. And then it's crazy. I saw Gary V post something, man. And, um, I don't want to misquote the shit. I don't know if you know who that is. No, I don't get white guy. Yeah, 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 but he was told Gunna, he was like, um, yeah, I just seen like, that. Keep other. that shit here. No matter how much you want everybody. And I saw that shit this morning, bro. And I said, damn, he got a point. It's like my whole life, and we all creatures of wanting to prove who we are. I don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. I'm just man enough to sit here and admit, like, I was that one kid that grew up and I wasn't a nigga fucking hoes at 12, 13 years old. And I didn't get to sleep with the album. 19 years old when I first saw some. So yeah. it's like, I wanted a nigga that was always cool. I didn't have all the brand new clothes. Like, yeah. I was just a little dirty nigga that everybody say, oh, like, bitches be like, oh, he cute. Give me a little hug and go about their day. But I could never be the nigga that get invited to the games, get invited to the pep rally. Like, you know, so it's like a matter of, I always grew up with the need to say, man, everybody need to hear this shit. Everybody need to see what I'm on. Everybody need to know, like, I'm, a, I'm an asset. Mm. But it was really like two years ago when I finally realized, man, fuck this shit. They gonna hear it or not. Mm. It's the same thing with you, bro. Like, People gonna hear that shit regardless. Mm. They gonna hear it. And they gonna have no choice but they, they I got a saying I always tell people, they either gonna live in the world you create or live in their world with you, bro. Think about it. We live in a world that Jeff Be- Bezos created. We live in his world. We live in Elon Musk's world. You can live with them or you can live in it. Mm. You can live in what I've created or you can live through what I've created with me. And I'm mm. a strong believer in that, bro. Mm. Strong believer. What's up? No, I took up to the wall. Looks all the way to the right next to the um, embroidery machine. Do me a favor, come here. Press that um, record button on this right here. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That, um... That's it. I think. Yeah, bro, I'm a strong believer in that, bro. Like, for real, seriously. I never even, like, think of it like that. Live in the world you create. But live through what you created with you. We are actually living in Bezos' world. You live in his world, bro. Think about it. Before before Amazon was Walmart, before Amazon was Kmart, before Kmart was mom and pop shops. I love giving this example. You have the mom, you sell bikes, I'm a bakery, and they sell clothes. Mm-hmm. Kmart came in and said, even though you might pay a little bit more, we can give you this shit all in one spot. Mm-hmm. And then we can also give you a, a feature where you can do layaway. I remember with me, layaway was one of the best things a nigga can get. Like, uh-huh. I might have to wait a year for that bike that only costs $300, but I'm still gonna get that bike mm-hmm. instead of my mama having to pay it up front at once and my dad having to pay it up front at once. You know, so then you have Walmart come in and say, not only are we gonna give you all this stuff in a concentrated area, we're gonna give it to you at a cheaper price, mm-hmm. allow you to get other products, allow you to be able to do other things, and then we're gonna structure this store where we upsell you on everything. I got a thing, and I'm gonna add this into it too, the Walmart and Target method, but I'll touch on that after, but like, we lived in the world of Walmart. Like, Walmart was the number one spot to go to. It was, it was even a hangout spot too, nigga. They had the McDonald's in there, so you can eat, yeah. you yeah. can shop, 
you grocery shopping, so y'all already hungry, but you can't cook in a you can't cook yeah. in Walmart. So let me get some McDonald's while I walk around the store. Well, damn, I need clothes too. Well, damn, I need this too. You picking up shit you don't need to need to buy. Facts. You picking this up, picking this up, picking this up, picking this up. Then you get out of nowhere, Amazon. Saying not only is we gonna give you the same shit, we're gonna give it to you at your front door, we're gonna give it to you cheaper, we're gonna give it to you better and faster. Mm-hmm. And then now Amazon had that one thing, and that's what I'm telling you, bro. You think Jeff Bezos sat there and said, I'm only gonna focus on books? I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. You can sit here and say all day, man, bro, I got my mind everywhere. I just need to hone in on one thing. I said with the guy when I went to Aspen just recently, I uh went to Aspen, I was out there with the president, well, the ex, he says the ex-president of the Weather Channel. And Jack was his name. Jack told me, and I ain't gonna lie, Jack, I gotta disagree with you, bro. Jack told me, was like, I'm 50 years old, I made my first million at 50. And I made my first couple million, and I'm set, I think he said it was 60 or 70 years old. I looked at this nigga, and I was like, I don't care. People say, oh, you got time, you got time. No, we don't. Not in the world we live in. I'm mm-hmm. looking at him like, no, nigga, we don't got time. But I'm, of course, listening to him. I'm yeah. like, we don't got time. I don't want to be 70 years old just reaping the, reaping the fruits of my labor. Now, I'm realistic if I have to wait that long. Okay, it just wasn't meant for me. But I also feel like God gave me two legs, two arms, ten fingers, ten toes. Shit, I ain't paralyzed. I ain't mentally impaired. I ain't, I ain't bonded no more. I ain't locked up no more. So it's for me to go get this shit. I'm feeling I still was able to do what I did. I got a GED. I'm dyslexic as hell. Like, I got severe dyslexia. I can't read shit from... A damn kindergarten book to now, and people wouldn't know that. It was like, damn, you're too smart to be dyslexic, and people do not take me serious when I say that. So, anywho, that's what I'm saying, but when you sit here and say, man, it's like I need to hone in on that one thing. Jack was like, you can't keep focusing on a home run. But then, if we can't keep focusing on a home run, that defeat the purpose of baseball. The whole game of baseball is to hit a home run. Mm. But when you ask yourself, what's the longest sport? You got soccer, too. It's a long ass sport. Yeah. But American wise, football is fairly long. Best basketball is fairly quick, but amongst the rest of the other sports that we have, baseball is a long ass sport. And it's about hitting that home run. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can get the points from this and the points from there and the points from this. But the goal is to hit that home run. No matter how long it takes, no matter how many team members it takes, no matter how many people that gotta go come in and out of that dugout. Yeah. But see, I look at it like this too, the dugout in the ground. It's like being in the trenches. Mm-hmm. It's for you to come out that dugout, hit that home run. If you don't, you get back in the dugout. It's the next person's turn, and the next person's turn, and the next person's turn. Life the same way of baseball. I mean, the same way. It's the same game with baseball. We all in the dugout. You in the dugout right now. I'm in the dugout right now. But since it is when you hit that home run, go out, go out there, hit that home run, come back in the dugout, is you for to stay in that dugout and get back out there and fumble the next home run, mm-hmm. or whatever term they use to, 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 to not hit the home run, yeah. or you for to go back there and hit another one, and another one, and another one, and another one, and another one. So that's how I look at it. So, you know, Jack would tell me, like, man, you you can't always focus on a home run. But I'm like, damn, we can't focus on a home run because I'm pretty sure that's what Bezos was going for. Mm. Bezos noticed something. He said on his video, I noticed that books are the, have the most categories. Like, it's the most itemized item. I don't want to misquote what he said, but, like, mm. it's the most of the most of everything. Music was second. So I figured I started with books. Nigga focused on books. But that was before my time. Yeah. I didn't even know. I just recently ran. Amazon has been around for a while. Mm-hmm. A while. You know, so I believe in that. You make them live in the world that you create, bro. Put them in the world that you create. I tell I tell anybody that. You're going to see my vision. You're going to live in the world I create one way or another. There's been people that's literally laughed at me. And, um, you know, he who shall I be named here and that and literally told me, like, you could pay me. You could do this. You could do that. I'm like, bro, I'm going to be in the same room with you regardless. But the difference is when you when we in that room, it's gonna be my room. You're gonna be walking in my room, you're gonna be my guest. 
And that's not a conceited, narcissistic way to think. That's just to say, you know your value, bro. So I'm saying, but your podcast on that shit, some serious, bro. They're gonna live in the world you create. I'm mm. telling you that. <laughs> they gonna live in the world you create. From music, you got that nigga in music. Right now, no matter what we say about Kanye West, we live in that nigga world. He Thanks, is the bro. world of fashion. He is the world That's of That's another media. example, too, because, you know, if you watch his documentary, bro, he was saying the same shit back then, bro. I'm gonna have this big ass fashion company. Like, he was saying this shit back then. Like, I'm gonna be the biggest rap. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody took him serious. Nah, you know what I'm saying? Nobody. But he got that first part out the way. All right, let me, let me make these motherfuckers believe. Then I'm the best rapper first. You know what I'm saying? Let me get these motherfuckers first. First, you got the producer, and then he got the rapper, and then he started expanding to all this other shit. Nah, so I get it, though. That's but the- as he was doing it, he still had this other stuff. See, think about it. It wasn't super significant, but it was still there. So while I'm going to be the best producer right now, I've secured that. But now, and it goes to so many different other values, too. Like, you can get money all day, but if you ain't putting your people on and helping who need to be helped, it goes deeper than just let me make a good business. Like, yeah. what is you giving back to your environment? So I look at it like with him, he like, man, let me be a good son to my mama. Let me be a good friend to my partners. But it's crazy watching this documentary. But so, and the one person that was always there was there. It was the people that wasn't his, in his best interest that was just around. Mm. You know, so it's like being a good friend, being a good businessman, being a good person, human being. It's like, when you say good, what's good to you? You know, it's like, is me being a liar a good or a bad thing? What am I lying for? What's the intent behind it? What's delivery? What's the purpose? You know, so it's like, you can go super, super deep into it. But... On the surface level, man, like, that nigga kept saying, y'all gonna see, y'all gonna see, y'all gonna see. Nobody wanted to listen to that man. And he finally proven it's like, when you live your whole life trying to just prove that one point. Mm-hmm. He said, he said my, I've been telling people for years I'm a billionaire. They just told me that. That's the act, that's the act like I want to say. Just something what you want to say. I've been telling niggas for years. It's people out there right now that copy every. I, they copy everything I do. I know they copy everything I do. I post something, they post the exact same thing. And I used to get frustrated. I used to get so mad. Like I just did this. He just stole it. I just did my profile picture this way. I just did. I, it used to be a specific way I took my pictures, man. A couple guys, this big platform. Like damn, this nigga just stole my. It's a picture, but it's like damn. Like ain't no originality in that. Yeah. Ain't no creativity in that. Ah, oh, that was my. That was my shit. And somebody came with saying this my shit. But then I started realizing, like damn, you know what? Fuck it. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. That's a compliment. It is. It's a compliment. The fact that they want to follow behind me. So it's like, even in the world of music and fashion and pop culture, Kanye West, we live in a world. Depending on what your forte is, Billy Eilish, like in her world, like the, the punk emo, like a lot of people live in her world. So it's like everybody got their respective areas. But my point is, like, is Kanye West's focus on being the best rapper, the best dress rapper? Cause he make that clear. The best dressed mm-hmm. rapper, not just the best rapper. Mm-hmm. I'm also gonna be the best stylist. I'm gonna be the best family man. Like all these values, these core values, is what build it. And I got this little thing, like, and I was. It's crazy. I, I was preaching this to fix a lot. Like proprietariness. Proprietary means original. It can't be copied. It can't be replicated. Culture and community, which I got that from him. Yes, it helps build your proprietariness. But proprietary means it cannot be copied. So if you come up with an invention, you come up with an idea. It's proprietary because I can't copy that. Mm-hmm. Like you come up with this special recipe. Yeah, that's original. But proprietary is like I invented. I don't fucking I can't think of nothing right now. The, the audio interface. Like there's this is a one on one. This this the way I've simplified the audio interface to where you don't need the the the, the, the what's this called? <laughs> the cloud. No, but the actual. Uh, the, um, it's a cloud lifter. It. Uh... Damn. But you get the point. Yeah, yeah. 
it, we create something where you don't need this tool no more. Mm-hmm. Now it's proprietary until somebody else come and replicate it. Yeah. So having proprietariness and uniqueness within yourself, that's the core value. Like, if you can have that original factor to yourself, that one thing that can't be copied, like me, I know no one can think like I think. Like, and it's crazy, like watching him, everybody tells me I'm narcissistic. I think my way is the right way. I always think I can't do no wrong, but it's like everything I've ever touched. When I tell you the only time I failed and like how I just gave you my backstory of my life, the only time I failed is when I've had other people involved. When I did it my way, the way I thought was best, it always worked. So I feel like to me, my proprietariness is the way that I can structure and systemize things. No one can look at the world the way I look at the world. I live in Kanye West be like, shit, I'm a genius. Mm. And dude told you, who are you to call yourself a genius? It's for the public to call you a genius. Mm. But who are you to say the public is? If I'm a genius, I'm a genius. So you got that, that, that proprietariness, but then you got that, that pyramid or that triangle. And like I took, I said, I preach this to everybody. It's like you got the environment or the economy. You got you got business and you got commerce, and then you got the people or community. Mm-hmm. So you as a person, even your podcast, how can your podcast benefit the environment? How can it benefit the community? How can it benefit commerce? How can it benefit business? Well, you got people like me that be spending game on here. You got people like the other people you had on here that spit game. That's benefiting business because I can be a business owner and get on here and learn something. Mm-hmm. Now, environment. You benefit your environment because you're putting positive things out there. You're putting things that allow growth. You're putting things out there that no matter if I'm going through whatever I'm going through, despair, relationship problems, financial problems, I can benefit from that. But then the very last fact is community. Mm-hmm. Like community. And that's rich and unemployed. Like there's a community. And that's what I was telling you before we started feeling like people like a sense of belonging. They like they like to feel like something. Like, damn, I'm wearing this. I'm I'm for the tag him. I'm for the show him I'm wearing this shit today. Mm-hmm. And then you reshare it. And they feel like, damn, oh my gosh, he reshare my stuff. Like I seen people get excited off simple reshares. Like, like they just won the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> all you do is reshare your post. Yeah. And they get up there having a week long speech about like Oh yeah, I, yeah. I know you guys. When you guys saw me uh, repost, blah blah blah, like they just got an award from Oprah. Yeah. Like, bro, it was just a reshare. But that's a good thing when people value like that. So you got your proprietariness in the center, and you got that pyramid, mm. that, 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 that that triangle, and it's blocking. You got environment, you got business, you got community or the people, and that's protecting that. And then that circle around that, and like I said, I preach this every day. That circle around that is preference. How do I want to enter? When you give people the flexibility of entering your platform with where they feel most comfortable, then you're as flexible as Laffy Taffy. Like, you can do whatever you want. They're like, Clay, I can come in and I can say, okay, what are you talking about business? I can learn about business today. Damn, oh, shit, he talking about family. I can learn about today. Damn, my brother just stole from me. Damn, my mama a crackhead. Mm. Damn, my sister a prostitute. You know, like, this real life shit that I've, I'd have been through. Like, mm. I'm not a crackhead, but like, she killed me. I ain't doing <laughs> But no, like, you know, I got siblings and I've been through fuck up situations, but it's like, you know, I can get on here and, I, and no matter what you're talking about, it relates to me in some way. And that's where their preference comes in. At. Yeah. So you got that proprietariness in the center. You got that triangle with those three other factors. You got proprietary, you know. That big box that protects all of that shit is indisposability. Well, you know how to keep yourself from being indisposable. I can't be you. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't get on here right now and go, okay, guys, I'm going to tell you how to talk to a woman when you walk up to them. I can't do that shit. Yeah. You get up there, you just talk, I can't do that shit. Mm-hmm. I can do it for myself. Another nigga how to do that shit. Yeah. You know, and then um you got a uh, disruption. Disruption is another big thing. Disruption is 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 where you come in and you show mm-hmm. the things that aren't part of the norm. So when you disrupt the markets, mm-hmm. you change in markets. So and then the very next the last two things is trust and transparency. But I can get that you get trust by just winning over the people. Yeah. And you get transparency just by saying shit, this is what I'd have been through. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. So that that box with that circle, with that triangle, with that one feature, which is yourself, 
bro, it should be no reason he should fail. Mm. At all. At all. <laughs> Nigga can make a hundred thousand working hard. You can make a hundred thousand working, you can go to McDonald's on. Mm. Work hard for a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Corporate, you can get a hundred thousand, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. You become a millionaire when you have a problem and a solution. You have a problem. Well, what's the problem right now? Whatever that may be, you give a solution to it. Well, now you're a millionaire. But you become a multi-millionaire billionaire when you change your lives. Like when you create the idea of making people think that something is that's not important is actually important and part of their day. Like there are things that you probably didn't even find significant until you was introduced into it. Like how we said at the thing, and you like you probably was like, man, I'm gonna get to it, I'm gonna get to it, I'm gonna get to it. Then after you're like, damn, everybody keep telling me the same thing. Mm. Now it's important to you, it's significant to you. So now you start working on that, you start getting that shit together, and then you actually start having value with them. You start bringing that value in other people's life. The money is just gonna pour in your pocket. That's gonna be the least important thing you're worried about. Right. I'm not really worried about the money. That's the thing, though. Like. The fact that people DM me every day, you know what I'm saying? Like, they stop me in the street and be like, yo, I really fuck with you, bro. Like, you really spent some game. Like, you Thank really kind of, like, bro, you changed my damn life. And like, I hear shit like that. I already know, like, I don't, I'm not, I ain't got to trip about the money, bro, because that bag is on the way. I mean, I'm already used to money anyway, so I'm doing this shit just out of love. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, I'm trying to build my brand, but like, when I get on this mic, bro, and I get to spitting, bro, like, Spirit just take over me, bro. Like, that shit just get the, uh, and that shit is for the people, bro. And when you always doing shit from the kindness of your heart, bro, the universe always gonna pay you. Exactly. Every time. But that go back to a gift, bro. Some people learn skills, some people born with them. Yeah. So that's just you. You thinking like, damn, okay, man, I, I either just got luck here, man. I think I just, man, that's a gift. Nah, this shit ain't luck at all, bro. This shit ain't luck at all. Another thing I was thinking about the other day, too, as I was talking to you and Aristotle, bro, I'm just sitting there soaking this shit up like a sponge, bro. And it's really like the first time in my life like I've really been around teachers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always grew up as this nigga, like, you know what I'm saying? Gotta give back to niggas. Even when I was doing my legal shit, like, I go back and spread the knowledge, you know what I'm saying? Put niggas on. So like, now it's like, I'm trying to learn this this e-commerce shit, this, this, this new wave of how to make money and shit. And I'm just, and I'm really, like, other day I was like, bro, I don't know if it's luck or I just manifested this shit, but like, bro, like, I'm really glad I'm in this space because, bro, I'm learning so much. And it's like, I'm, I'm re-educating myself, bro. And I'm just in the right circle. Like, motherfuckers just pouring knowledge. Like, y'all niggas really didn't have to say nothing that day, but y'all, we just eating and you just, bro, you need to do this, bro. Your podcast, bro, you, this, bro, what? You, you ain't, you ain't did what? Bro, you ain't, this. I'm just like, <laughs> I really fuck with y'all niggas. <laughs> that shit dope, though, bro, like. You ain't gonna find too many. Well, in Atlanta, Atlanta's becoming like that. August, this is the only city. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Niggas getting a little stingy now. Mm -hmm. This is the only city where I can meet a stranger, bro. And nigga won't even know me. Even now, they be like, I remember when I first got here. Niggas like, man, you got you, you fuck with the guys? <laughs> like, Paulie said shit. <laughs> yeah. I said, this man just walked up to the car show. Be a whole pee and weed, man. I said. Yeah. I said, nah, bro, I'm good, I'm good, bro. He came back, he said, man, you ain't fucking with the bag. I used to go to the same gas station. Nigga came up, bro, he said, man, look. He said, can I sit this in your car? I said, hell no. Tell me why I go in there, bro. I had my truck at the time. This nigga then set the shit under my truck, bro, because the police had did pull up. They set the shit under my truck. He went in the store. <laughs> they arrested him in the store. Look, I got a whole piece in there. I could not make this up. Man, don't know this shit. Shit was sitting in my car, bro. The dude, I ain't know him from Adam, bro. I seen him like a week later. He said, man, bro. He said, you still got that? <laughs> I said, yeah, bro, I still got that. To yeah. this day, man, rest that nigga soul because he dead now, man. But 
man, man, he, this is the first city that I could sincerely say, like, niggas just, in my city, that's friendly. That's, yeah. a, that's a lit. This nigga too nice. Yeah, yeah. Women don't like that. Niggas don't like that. And niggas, man, this nigga nice as hell. Mm. Yeah, what's good about? Yeah, we can go out, bro. That way it's getting wrong. Female, damn, he nice as hell. Get on the phone with their brother, they, they cousin, they uncle. He's so nice. Get on the phone. Even on a relationship level. Dude, man, this nigga too nice. I don't like that. Huh? Man, I'm got niggas I ain't never met in my life. But, man, that nice car, bro. Where you from? Oh, shit, man. I'm from the South Side. Shit, man. You want to pop out? I'm like, damn, all right, cool. I get out. I'm like, man, shit, I'm nervous. I'm like, I ain't got my strap on me. I'm in the club with this nigga. This nigga want to get me drunk. I don't know him. I done got drunk with the nigga. I ain't on need like I ain't got drunk with him. That's my damn, damn near my long lost friend. Yeah. Just, just loyal. Never seen it in my life, bro. Never seen it in my life. I ain't even get super comfortable, but I can't say this is a city where I don't know what's going on now, but like these Atlanta natives, I don't know if you're from here. But like, I've been here for a minute, like yeah. 20 years. Yeah, these people, the majority of the natives here, like they, they real humble. And that's why like Aristotle, like when he came here, like, they're like him, He's like that, like, if I, I couldn't really speak, I could never speak bad on the Atlanta nigga, bro. Like, mm. even just when I look at, like, the industry, like, how they all help each other, I could never speak bad. Yeah. I've never had, it was always somebody that went from here that I met here that they got me. Another thing I found interesting, too, like, you know, when I, I explained this to Aristotle, too, like, when you see niggas like us on the internet, like, teachers, and niggas look at us like we green, just because, like, you, we don't show that side on the internet, like, but... It's other people paying attention to this shit. And, you know what I'm saying, we got with, with these diamonds, you know what I'm saying, we look like a lick. So it's like, it's people watching, but it's like, with y'all, for you, really, you know what I'm saying, when I just see how appointed you was, you know what I'm saying, like, you just ain't no... My eye was so paranoid in that goddamn thing. Because I, <laughs> I, I have my other one on me, but I said, this ain't gonna cut it. I needed something little, because this shit... Yeah. I'm like, it's, but then I'm thinking, like, I'm over here, like, just... And then it's like him, I'm like, his ass, <laughs> I gotta tell him that too, because he was just talking, I'm like, this shit was literally doing this. Yeah. The whole time, I'm just constantly saying, dude. Yeah, but you like, you know what I'm saying? You like, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what happened? Like, you been through some shit? Man, yeah, my shit just got shut up last year. What, your car? Cool. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, that shit. My shit just got shut up last year, man. Um, on, on, on some, like, you was in it, or what? No, I wasn't even in the Damn, what? The track out? Mm-hmm. Nigga just sprayed the whip. Yeah, just on some hate shit. My cousin, my closest cousin, Your man. Your cousin did that. No, I, I, if you ask oh. me, I think it has something to do with it, but I ain't yeah. no goddamn street politician, so I wouldn't even know. But my cousin, man, I remember he came to my crib. I was standing downtown. Shit, he probably gonna see this anyway, but I ain't got no, I ain't got no hurt in my heart towards him. I mean, nothing hard in my heart towards him. It is what it is. But no, nah, man, the man popped up my house. I had at the time like fifteen grand. Once again, but I, like I said, the mindset I'm in, like. Niggas think that having their money on their hand, like touchable, like accessible, is the best thing. Like, I gotta see my money every day. Like, even my dumb ass just last year, like, anybody that know me, shit, they know I walk around politely with $250,000, $200,000 because I thought I was doing something. When I look back on it, I'm like, that was the dumbest shit I could ever done. Like, I'm actually get guy. You, you like, could lose that shit in one instance, man. In one instance, even yeah. if it's just simply getting pulled over. But nah, man, like, my own, my own closest cousin robbed me. Shit stole from me. Shit, then got me set up. My own family members and got me set up. Shit, my real daddy, not my stepdad. My real daddy didn't even put me in some fucked up situation. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I done been through some shit. Shit, just recently, a nigga just got the night, just recently, like two and a half years ago, or two years ago. Never that was. Shit, me and my brother was at this damn club and just argued with the wrong niggas. Mm. It wasn't even that deep. Like, the girl that we had with us and the girl that they have with them, they was just beef beefing. We like, man, shit, we was out there and y'all just go upstairs. Like, go smoke another room. And shit, niggas just want to get all tough, and it's like, we, I'm, I'm the mature one. I'm like, 
I'm quick with the big bro. We ain't gotta go there. You come me a whole scare. I value my life because I know when I get in that car, if a nigga see me before I see them, then it go a whole nother lane. Like yeah. I, I value my life, so they come me whole and come me scared. I'm gonna big bro, big eye, big bro. You got it, big bro. It's like psychologically, yeah. you at a ten, I'm at a two. You got it, bro. You cool. Mm -hmm. You right. My bad. Matter of fact, yeah. I'm, I step in. My bad, big bro. Look, where, where you get the from? What you want with a? You good? Cause that ain't nothing to me. But then some people they just try to use it as fuel. Like, what you trying to sound broke? I can't go get enough. Nah, bro, bro, you good. What I need to do? You tell me you want to pay for me? What you want to wipe them off or something? I ain't gonna, you know, get on my knees and wipe your shoes off. But I, I, I fucked that shit up. So it's like shit like that I done been through. And a nigga just wanna just for whatever reason, cause they might say, damn, okay, hey, this nigga, this nigga busting down, and this nigga got the Cuban on. Damn, okay, oh shit, that shit real. That nigga hoe. But they think that cause you just so passive. Yeah. Man, I don't like conflict. So it's like, nah, bro, the shit I've been through, it's crazy, bro. And I be feeling like I'm 40 sometimes. Like, that was the second time my truck got shot at. Shit, I'd have been, like, for a nigga to say they ain't never got got, I wouldn't believe they, they where, where they at now. Like, nigga, mm -hmm. nigga, nigga can't touch me. Like, everybody touchable. You can't walk around like that. You can't walk around saying, like, or feeling yeah. that you're untouchable. No, you, you can get touched. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you it's like, the situations I've been in, like, and then I, I done put myself in some stupid situations where, like, by the grace of God, like, I ain't fucking doing no penitentiary time. So it's like, yeah. you know, by the grace of God, I, I was able to maneuver myself out of the situation. So it's I'm crazy that you say that though, bro, because you a young nigga and most young niggas, they don't, they don't get that mentality today, like close to their thirties, bro, because niggas be a, a Forty if you ask me. Yeah, a time bomb. Like they, they waiting on a nigga to try him just so they can prove themselves. Not even that, not even just trying. Like, bro, this one nigga I was working with, bro, like, Bro, you're 42 calling me. Man, it's 300 bands. Man, look at this 500 bands. Bro, sit down. Like, that mindset of trying to show these, trying to show that, like, how many guns a nigga got? How many this? I don't got to let a nigga know I got a gun on me. Like, I ain't gonna lie. I don't say it. That just ain't never been my thing. Like, yeah. I mean, I ain't got nothing against it. It just ain't my thing. Like, I, I like my pants to sit up as high. I like the dress. So it's like me, I never have to feel like a nigga had to have this image of this or this image of that. Like, I'm tatted, but like, I ain't, I'm, I'm, I'm coming for that song. I can't, yeah. <laughs> I can't take the pain though, bro. I have man, to pain. she heard it, but I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> but, yeah, but the point is, it's like, man, like, I know a lot of big niggas I was locked up with, and this, this just being transparent, bro, being locked up with grown men, I done seen a lot of grown tough niggas get fucked. I've seen it. It's, that shit traumatized, and I've seen it. Like, sexually? Yes, I've seen them, get, like, get fucked, get bitched out, get hoed out, and it's like, you hear this shit go to, like, yo, yeah, you gonna get locked up and be, like, all oh, that dropped the soap, ha, 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 but I've seen big niggas, like, get punked out, get weakened out by the next nigga, just off respect, mm. because other niggas is like, you gotta do what I tell you to do, I've seen niggas bigger than you, like, I'm sorry, yes, sir, no, sir, nigga, give me that food, like, I've seen that niggas pay rent, I, mean, I know you know it, no, you, yeah, I've seen niggas pay rent, bro, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shit, yeah, I'm like, damn, man, it's like, I'm half of, I'm a quarter, fuck, I'm a tenth of every nigga size in there. Yeah. And niggas respecting me just I'm small and I stay out the way. And it's always been like that. It was every time I tried to put myself in a different group that I had conflict. Even with like my other homeboy, like, all my other homeboys is like signed artists and shit. They had me around and it's funny, like before my other homeboy got signed, like I'd always pull up and niggas be like, man, this nigga proper, he straight? Like, why he talk like that? Mm. Why this nigga dress like that? Like, I come in that bitch with some cold hunt, locals button down, mm. some moccasins. I'm like, who is this nigga? Everybody else, true religion, jury, busting down. I'm pulling up that bitch looking like a scholar, just because yeah. it's just how I was. So niggas like, damn, who is this dude? Like, I'm making them uncomfortable because they like, but my nigga, like, I ain't gonna lie, that, that's that nigga, he, 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 he straight. So 
But it's like I've always got respected because once I get to talking, I'm like, damn, this a nigga you gotta keep around because this yeah. nigga smart, this nigga resourceful. Mm-hmm. Like a nigga get locked up, this gonna be the nigga that's gonna help us figure out the bond shit if I ain't got no cosign. This is nigga that we gonna bring to the fucking bond office and say, all right, this nigga gonna talk to this nigga and sign this bond over. Like I've been in situations like that, yeah. and like niggas respect me for what I got to say and what I got to think, what's in my head versus what I got to offer. Like you know, like one of my other homeboys, like shit, like it was a perfect hit. nigga needed a bond sign. Nah, I ain't had no collateral for his ass. Yeah. Nobody had no cosign for his ass. What about it? I was able to go in there and fucking talk to the bond officer. It's like, look, man, this is what's going on. This is the situation we're dealing with. Like, what can we do? He's like, shit, well, well can I access you? I'm like, yeah. He's like, would you cosign? I'm like, yeah. Man, they told me you ain't got to worry about cosign on the bond. My homeboy went to court, beat that shit, and we was straight. And I got undying loyalty through him. Mm-hmm. So, it's shit like that. Like, a lot of people, like you said, like, a lot of niggas get old and feel like they got to prove this point, be this ball. And for me, it was such a short time frame, like, and it's crazy. I still, like, the brain protects you from trauma. So it's like, when you fucked up about something, you nine times out of 10 gonna forget about it. You gonna be on point, cause you don't wanna get fucked off. Like how, how, how me and you felt at that restaurant, yeah. oh boy. But you also not sitting here thinking every day, like, damn, I remember when I was just sitting at that cell. Cause you don't wanna, who wanna fucking think about that shit? Mm. I, mean, I don't wanna think about sitting in that shit 23 and one. Mm-hmm. The times I done been on lockdown and they take a nigga mat and all I got is a fucking Bible. Like, I don't wanna think about that shit. Mm. So, it's like, you know, a nigga get to thinking and I sit and I realize like, damn, just 19 years old, I had just figured out life. 20 years old, I was just facing felony charges again. It's at, at, fucking, at fucking 19, going on 20, 20 years old. Shit, then before then, at 17 years old, I ain't no shit. 21, I had just tried to get my life together. 22, I finally said, let me take this shit serious. 23, I'm sitting in the fucking house. Big ass house. To this day, I, I didn't even enjoy it like I needed to. I was too busy trying to show, 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 show. 24, I'm stable. 25, I'm, I feel like man, I feel like I'm about 40 years old, bro. I sit with niggas two years, I mean, two, two times older than me, 40 years old. I'm like, damn, this nigga an idiot. This nigga's an idiot. Yeah, he rich. Yeah, he got this shit together. He's an idiot. Like, bro, are you slow? Like, why are you this reckless? <laughs> but some of these niggas don't get to experience the things that you've experienced, I've experienced over the short span of time we've experienced it. These niggas don't, even when it come from like fucking relationship experiences, Shit, experiencing with these bitches, experiences with this money, experiences with just life. Some of the stuff we have been through in a short span of time, these niggas don't go through that until 10, 12 years later. So you can expect them to see things in the way you see things through your lens. So when they do this immature shit or live the way they live, I just let it be. But nah, bro, I done been in some fucked up situations. So dude, I was ready to dip the fuck out that damn restaurant. I was ready to dip. I couldn't fucking think straight. Aristotle was just going. I was like, oh. I was like, hold up, bro. He like, what do we? Aristotle was like, I got my found me, but I'm like, man, I told him, I said, man, go get my little fucking 22, man, because this nigga walk up on me, I'm gonna blast his ass in this restaurant. But then I'm like, damn, and then I'm thinking of so many scenarios. I'm like, fuck, bro, I ain't never met none of these niggas. I don't want, I can't get no conflict on my first outing. Yeah. Like, what that shit embarrassing? Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, I just met the owner of the restaurant. So I'm thinking of every scenario. I'm like, damn, okay, do I stay here? And if this nigga try me, we just go there. But then I deal with the back effect of it. And another thing I think about, like, niggas be talking about, I'm going to blow a nigga ass off all day. Is a nigga really ready to go spend that money and do that time? No, no. I don't give, like, I don't give a fuck if it's involuntary manslaughter. I don't want to go deal with none of this. So I'm not going to put myself in that position. Niggas talk about all that killer shit all day, and I see it every day, bro. They do that, they get the fucking crying. They get the whining. Nigga want McDonald's. And I'm saying, like, nigga want McDonald's. And get the fucking talking. I'm serious, bro. Like, <laughs> Like, damn, nigga, like... Some niggas can't think, though, bro. 
I had to realize that people can't think through these situations. Like, just how you just broke it down. I just met the owner. Like, I ain't trying to fuck my face up. I'm like, niggas ain't, niggas is not thinking at all. Niggas is just going and they'll think later while they sitting in the cell, bro. And I ain't seen that shit happen too and many times, And they want to go bro. back in time and try to fix it. It don't work like Hell that. Hell no, nah, it don't work like that. I mean, you see the average nigga, man. Oh, God, that's some whole shit. I ain't going to let no nigga make me. I'm going to go say something to him. What am I going to say? I don't know this nigga. He coming. Yeah. Everybody ain't nobody got no mask. This one nigga coming with a ski mask. Yeah. Then I'm thinking, okay, maybe he here with somebody. Then I asked, I asked all girls, I said, hey, this RSVP on it. Yeah. Like, damn, this nigga don't belong here. And then when I called the bartender to say, can I help you? Man, I just want something to drink. She was like, are you, are, are you an RSVP? He like, nah, I just want, I'm mad. I said, man, we should go. We gotta go, cause he ain't even supposed to be in here. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm gonna just remove myself, but then I had to think. I'm like, fuck, like, I don't know who in that parking lot either. So shit, at this point, I just gotta sit and try my chances. Yeah. So I went out to my car. I'm like, damn, okay, I really don't. The parking lot packed. I ain't no way I'm finna get in my car, maneuver my way out. I'm not finna tell old girl get in my car and drive off. So yeah. worst case scenario, I just call me an Uber and leave that fucking car there and just come back. Like I'm thinking about all this, but then as that nigga left, cause I kept fucking like. Like, I'm seeing he peeping me, I'm peeping him, he did, I got a little bit more comfortable. So. That's crazy, bro, because you really value your life. Another nigga be like, bro, I'm not going to get bitch like that. I ain't a whole ass nigga. Yeah, no. Like, you really value your life, your situation. He's like, nah, bro, I'd rather, I'd rather take that route, bro. I'd rather go through the extra steps to for my safety, bro. Like, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Like. I'm gonna take an Uber and leave my car. You know what I'm saying? Nigga's like, man, fuck, I'm gonna go outside and then the nigga try me, I'm gonna shoot this bitch up. Like, what the fuck? That's how I think, though, bro. Like, I'm not trying to be the biggest, I know what I'm capable of, but I don't gotta prove myself to nobody, bro. Like, hell no, I got, there's some niggas I'm beefing with, right? I ain't gonna say beef, I ain't gonna say that. Yeah, like, some niggas, they got problems with me, really. You know what I'm saying? So, but I feel like when I see these niggas, I don't want it to be a conflict, but I like it's so much anger in my heart. Like I'm gonna have to say something, but like I gotta really find the strength in myself to like you know what, bro, it ain't worth it, bro. I just gotta walk the other way. You know what I'm saying? You've been taught that since like middle school, like just go the other way type shit. You know what I'm saying? Defuse the situation. So it's like, do you want to turn out the other way or turn the other cheek when the time arrives? One, one will hurt a whole lot more than the other. Is that what I'm saying? Think about it. My granddad said, you want to turn the other way or turn the other cheek while you can. See, if you don't turn the other way, you either turn the other cheek or shit, you for the hit a nigga cheek. Like, it's just that. It's yeah. one or the other. It's like, if you don't turn the other way and let this shit go, then now you got to face the, the consequences or say, all right, now I got consequences. Like, if you had to saw the niggas to say something because you didn't want to turn the other way. Right. So now they say something back to you. He like, all right, fuck it, man. It ain't. And you can't tell yourself logically, oh, it ain't worth it. No, nah, nigga, you just put yourself in that water. So now it's time to swim. Yeah, yeah. So nah, bro, this shit ain't worth this shit, bro. I can't. I can't. And then y'all gonna, you gonna, what you gonna beat back with them? And then they y'all got conflict. Then they should affect your money. Then you gotta worry about when you walking back home. You gotta worry about when you fucking come to your crib. This shit's super secure. But then when you step out, you ain't in no fortress no more. Right. So it ain't worth it. And we ain't got eyeballs in the back of our head. I ain't, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be sending no light. For the first time in my life, bro. And I got conflict with somebody, but it's like I'm a little uneasy, but I know how to move with them. Man, nobody never know where I'm at when I'm at when I'm doing it. But for the first time in my life, I can see peace with somebody knock on my door. I'm like, oh, that's concierge. Yeah. Oh, man, that ain't nothing. That's the food. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, who is that? Go get the strap. Go get yeah, the strap. Yeah. I can't live like that. I ain't got to have 30 niggas in my house because I'm scared to be by myself. I can't live like that, bro. No. I can't do it, man. Like, my brother, my brother noticed when he watched this shit. Man, my brother used to be in my house every fucking day, bro. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be lying if I said, I'm not, like I said, I'm not for to act like I'm no Superman. If I can have a couple niggas in my crib when I go, so I can go to sleep at night, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's, how these, that's why these niggas got 30, 40 niggas in their house. They always got to have somebody that's a nigga sleeping on the couch. It's a nigga that's coming in 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. It's another nigga sleeping on the floor. It's another two other niggas in the room. 
Like, but you doing all that because you just scared a nigga gonna pull up. Mm-hmm. You ain't gotta put yourself in the positions. Facts. And some lifestyles come with that, but hell no. I can lay my head down peacefully knowing that somebody come knock on my door. It ain't the DEA, it ain't the IRS, it ain't the fucking, it ain't nobody. It ain't nothing I gotta worry about. It's somebody that's in this building that stay here and that work here that really mm-hmm. want my attention for something or maintenance. Mm-hmm. Them all the motherfuckers that knock on my door. <laughs> um, okay, look, so before we um, end this, right, I want you to break down ERC. ERC, it's the Employee Retention Credit. Okay, so let me fix this mic because I want to, I want to put this 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 clip on IG so like you can kind of like promote it for yourself, right? So just just break it down in the in the quickest terms and how people gonna get it. You know what I'm saying? So they want to find some more information. So the ERC is an Employee Retention Credit. It's a refundable credit through the IRS, meaning that it's not a loan, it's not a grant. It's money that's given to you based on the amount of wages paid to employees. If you are a business and you have employees, at least two W-2 employees, they can get up to $7,000 per quarter per employee. It's four quarters in a year, so 7,000 times four is 28. So they get up to $28,000 per employee. It was passed through the CARES Act in November of last year. It was passed right around the same time as the PPP. The difference between the ERC and PPP is that the PPP was a government-backed loan. It was an SBA-backed loan, Mm -hmm. meaning that the lenders and the banks are going to give you the money. If the consumer doesn't pay it back, they're guaranteed backed by the bank or the government. The SBA is going to ensure that that lender gets that money back. Mm -hmm. It's a guaranteed loan. The ERC is just credits. So it's credits, and it's credited to your account with the IRS, and if you don't owe the IRS, have a balance with the IRS, they refund you. So they're refundable credits, meaning that you're gonna get a tax return, and that money's gonna go in your pocket. So on average, if you got four to five employees, you're entitled to two to $300,000. If you have if you have 10 to 15 employees, you're looking at anywhere to $200,000, $300,000. To qualify for the ERC, you must have had supply chain disruption, full or partial close due to COVID, or, um, Actually, that's it, yeah. For partial, uh, supply chain disruption and full of partial clothes, and you have to have at least two W-2 employees. And that's it. So it's the best thing right now. It's a lot of people that don't know about it. They're not taking it serious just because it's not as hype as the PPP. But the ERC stands for Employee Retention Credits. You can go on the IRS.gov website. Don't go on no other third-party website. IRS.gov, go on the official website. You can type in ERC, Employee Retention Credit. It gives you everything. It's up to $10,000 per employee. You get up to 70% of that, which is $7,000 per quarter per employee. And you help people get this. Yeah. So, so far we've done, um, if I was to say on a monthly scale, because we just jumped into this last month, about on average $3 million per business, give or take, because there are a bunch of other factors, like, you know, if they've had any type of um, Medicare that they've paid out, they get 70% of that back. Um, If they've had any other additional lost wages, those things are calculated. There's a few other fine things I ain't going to make long and monotonous Mm -hmm. uh, about, but um, that's the overall picture of it. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put the link that you got okay. in the description, so like when people watch this, they can go ahead and click it, bro. So you can, you know, what I'm saying, get some traffic. And then, uh, should I just make a? Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna just make an affiliate link on there and. Um, Facts. Okay. Make sure you put the referral because we just put that. For sure. Say less. I bet. Um, man, it's been a really, really great episode, man. Like, dropped hella gems. So tell people how they can find you. Instagram, who is Rich Porter? Um, Twitter, also who is Rich Porter? 
and then Facebook Tour Reporter, but mainly Instagram. That's my main channel. Facts. Hey, make sure y'all like, subscribe to the channel, and make sure y'all cop y'all some merch. I'm gonna leave the description. I mean, leave the, the link in the description so y'all can go ahead and cop. I got some new shit coming out, so please tap in. And this is once again Rich and Unemployed, the podcast, the best podcast in the world. Yes, sir. <laughs> I know I talked your goddamn ears off, man. Man, but I'll be This is my ears. first podcast.